good for that teacher for leaving at three o'clock. You have earned the right to leave when that bell rings, to go be with your family, to go take that walk outside. Our topic today is self-care for all education staff. This podcast is episode part two in a six-part series focused on social, emotional learning in schools. Tech Talk for Teachers. You want to practice? Tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote, face-to-face, and blended learning. Education Education is our passport to to the future. future. Our quote today is, Self-compassion is simply giving the same kindness to ourselves that we would give to others by Christopher Germer. Rena, I actually know that this one speaks to your heart. (laughs) Yeah, so just changing the narrative and that positive self-talk that we need to give ourselves. And would I talk to anyone else the way I'm talking to myself? I have very high expectations for myself. um, And sometimes I need to give myself a break. And something else I came across this week, someone shared with me is this idea of lollipop moments. I don't know if you've ever heard of these before, but a moment where somebody said something or did something and you feel fundamentally that it like made your life better. So that's a lollipop moment. And I think we talked about it before. It's like, uh, this is why, or those moments that we can look at later. But then it went on to say, and I think there's a TED talk or something about this, that we can create those lollipop moments, but also when those lollipop moments happen to say thank you to the person saying, thank you for saying this. Cause it, it, it mattered that you said that it's mm. important So it's not just the receiving of the moment, but also acknowledging how important that moment actually is and sharing that with others. I've never heard of that before. I really like that lollipop moment idea. I suppose it's kind of like the kids when they get the lollipop and their eyes get really big. It's like, whoa, lollipop. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, when I was listening to the quote, I was thinking teachers are givers. We've gone into this profession because we care about people We want to serve others. We want to make their lives better. We want to help kids. I mean, we're there for them, but sometimes we give so much so often that we forget to give ourselves grace and compassion. And, you know, we can't pour from an empty vessel, which really kind of goes back to our last episode that we talked about with, with teacher burnout and staff burnout. So it kind of reiterates that for me too. The topic of self-care Our topic for today is really an important one, and we are excited and fortunate to have our special guest with us again this week. Uh, Pam, why don't you reintroduce us to her? We are very excited to have our guest back, Cherie Spencer, Social and Emotional Learning Coordinator from Galveston, Texas. Thank you so much for joining us again, Cherie, to continue this very important conversation. Yeah, it's exciting to be back with you guys. And it does. It goes right back to episode one, right? (laughs) It's a good Mm -hmm. little subway. So I guess just to start off, we've heard the term self-care just kicked out there so much, so often. Now it's not one of these buzzwords, but maybe for, maybe Sheree, you could help define what is self-care exactly? <laughs> so Self-care is taking the time to be selfish uh, and be okay with it. Um, it's okay to like, Take care of yourself, only you. Don't think about anybody else. 
Think about what you, Shri, or you, Paul, need at that moment and at that time and do it. So that's what I think about when I think uh, self-care. Okay. That, that will just kind of help set the, set the tone. Um, why do you think it's such a concern right now? Why is it such a, I mean, I think we kind of know, but it is, it's a concern. And a lot of teachers tell me there's no time for self-care. So <laughs> it worries teachers me. are the worst at self-care. <laughs> we as educators, um, because I, we so want, we're such nurturers. We love to nurture and take care of others and you have that self-care bias. So when you're taking care of yourself, you feel like you are being selfless um, or selfish, sorry, and that you're shunning people and what they need. But in in actuality, self-care is giving to those who need it as well. Um, We just did this training and talk with teachers and I am so guilty. First, you need to name your bias super guilty of when I see a teacher leaving at three o'clock, I'm like, oh no, no. How are they walking out at three when you've got all these things to do? (laughs) Or a teacher who actually shuts their door to eat lunch, you know, the 30 minutes that you're supposed to eat lunch. Um, Those are my biases and I have to name them and I have to know that that's me. It's not Rena. It's not Rena eating her lunch. That's, she's taking care of herself. I shouldn't judge her for that. Um, and so one, it's naming your biases and two, being okay and rejoicing for that person. Good for that teacher for leaving at three o'clock. You have earned the right to leave when that bell rings, to go be with your family, to go take that walk outside. Um, because if you don't, it takes us right back, um, Paul, to episode one, when we talked about burnout. If you're not doing self-care, you're going to get burnout. You're going to forget your why. And then you you got teacher turnover. So if anything, school leaders really need to emphasize self-care and be the model for that. Watch what I do to see what I believe. And that's what I was thinking when you said the model. I was so appreciative of our supervisor when the pandemic started last spring and we got flooded with emails, teachers all over the district looking for support. And it was overwhelming. And he said, you have to turn the auto office on, not just on the weekends, not just when you're on a break, but every night. And then I thought what was a nice ripple of that is I got feedback from teachers saying, oh, how do we do that? And it kind of, you know, like I said, created a ripple of permission that that's okay practice, that you deserve that evening and that time with your family. Uh, similarly, I had a supervisor and they used the, the term hard stop. So even if mm. we started a meeting, they said, before we ever get started, I just need everyone to know, like I have a hard stop at whatever, 2.30. There was no, and maybe there was some bias by other people, but now it's a practice. It's not judgment. It's just saying we have to be real intentional. And that when that time is there, we are done. We are not doing another 30 minutes, um, you know, because to make ourselves a priority, but stating it up front is really helpful. <laughs> and that's super hard for teachers, I think, because we just are in such a habit of go, 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 do as much as we can do more, more, more. And that leads me to my next question for Cherie. How do we make a culture that changes that in school settings? I mean, how do we make that a reality? Because it's easy to say, yeah, we need to give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. But how do we do it? I think it goes back to it starts with the leader. 
the leader sets the pace of the campus, the leader sets the pace for the district. So if I, as a leader, am telling teachers to go home and be with your families or go home to your house, if you don't have a family, just be you, but yet I'm sending an email at four o'clock or 4.50, um, what, is, what is that saying? What is that underlying message or how that might that educator perceive that email? Because you know, educators, they're on their phones and if they get an email, they're gonna respond real quick. And so as leaders, we have to set that pace. We have to respect their time. And if you have an email that's just nipping at your head, then create it, but then put a timer on it where it sends out at seven o'clock the next day. And another thing you guys spoke to is that that hard stop, respect people's time. If you respect people's time, they will show up for you every single time and give you a hundred percent. Because they know what you, they know that what you say you mean, and you'll do it. And I mean, I don't know. I just know from my past, if, if I am nurturing my teachers, like I want them to nurture their students, they will give me a lot more in return. I was reading too that um, the importance of sleep in that whole self-care and how critical that is, just physiologically, how that changes how your brain works and, and how even an extra, people say, I don't have time to sleep anymore. Well, go to bed 30 minutes earlier. Just try 30 minutes and see what that, what that does. It, once again, it's intentionality, right? Being intentional about decisions you're making. I just finished a book, um, H3 Leadership. And at the back of it, there is a man, I cannot remember his name, forgive me. Uh, but he would walk into his house and he had what he called the technology box. And so as people walked into his house, they had to drop their cell phones into that box. And it was left there so that they can actually engage with one another and have that time together before they plugged back in. Um, just being intentional about disconnecting from your job. You have to have that balance of work and life. And then I was, I mean, I've read lots of a couple other things that say even like having a phone at the table, whether you answered or on or not, the, they did, they put a bunch of things on people that like creates anxiety or even tells your, your kids, like th- it's so important. It has to be on the table that I'm not giving you as much attention as you need. So I like the idea of setting it aside. And it's, I know we talked about Elena Aguilar. I'm sure many of us have read a lot of her stuff, but uh, in her book onwards, she also talked about even in coaching with some administrators, like making sure that they have enough sleep. She talked about how he had to actually set a timer or similarly like put the device away so that they could get seven hours of sleep. And they thought that that wasn't going to help them. And in the end, the positives far outweighed the negatives by adding hours of sleep. Well, and I just think of when I get overly tired, I'm less patient. And what do we need as teachers to be patient? Because that's what our students need from us. So I think back what you said, Sheree, about not being, it's not selfish. It's a way of being a better teacher um, because you can be a better person in you know, to your students. But maybe Sheree can help me out because I have a hard time though, because I want time alone and sleep. And usually the only time I can be alone is like at, you know, one in the morning. So I need to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was, um, my husband and I, we were talking about just like self-care in general. And so he'll get home after me. And we had had this conversation that, okay, when you get home, you stay five minutes in the garage. Don't come up. Because the minute you come up, you engage in our family situations or our family conversations. So just stay down there. It's an extension to your day. 
but it's a day, it's a time for you. Um, so I would say the same thing for you, just like, don't be in a rush to get into your house just yet. Well, that's actually a problem. And I, that's so funny you pointed out because my commute time used to be like my personal time. I'd listen to a podcast. I don't, we're fully remote here. So, and there's six of us in the house and there's no downtime. So that just reiterates to me the importance of making that intentional and working. And luckily I have, I'm in a position, I get to have someone here that can support me. We can help each other. And I know some of my teachers are like single parents and they are the ones suffering. I feel like the most right now. Yeah. Well, and to those single parents, yes, I'm with you. I'm very lucky to have a support system at home and, and I'm stressing out. So I can only imagine not having that. Um, but you can also be a good role model for your kid. Like be intentional to lead your child through a mindfulness breathing activity or a moment of silence. Just think about the benefits of it will do for that child when they get back into school, that they can actually just be themselves and be okay being by themselves. Um, so those single parents out there, be that model for your children in your house. Do it with them. I love that. We're going to take a little transition into our SEL toolkit. And um, we, so we can kind of continue this conversation about some specific tools maybe that staff and, and teaching staff, people in schools, administrators, support staff can use to take care of themselves. What kind of uh, ideas do you have in mind, Sheree? I would really have people do some self-reflection on what reconnects you to your why. What is going to get you, because I, I can't answer that question for everybody. Everybody has their own way of self-care. So I think it's doing a lot of self-reflection of what is it that Sheree needs to re-energize myself and really thinking about that. Don't just write something down and move on about your day, uh, but thinking about it, maybe reaching out to a friend and just debriefing your day, but really doing a lot of self-reflection of what do you need to replenish yourself and then don't, and allow that grace to others you know, labeling those biases and being okay with it and allow that grace. And I think just to extend on my idea of lollipop moments, yes, we need to create those moments for ourselves, but we are givers. We do want to create those moments for, for others. And there's some things that I'm trying to be better at, including, you know, we call it snail mail, but actually being intentional in writing some notes. And I know for my team, I just actually sent them a little treat using Amazon. It was awesome because it just sends it right to their house and it was something small, but meaningful. So I hope that just showed them how much I appreciated them, but you can do non-monetary things. And I know some people, maybe I need to get in the car. I can have myself time and drop stuff off. This is like, I'm Ooh, wait bonus. a second. <laughs> bonus. A double win there. This, I think I'm going to have to do that this week. <laughs> <laughs> but just little little moments, little comments, sticky notes. And I'm because because I'm in a position of coaching, even just giving positive accolades to people in the presence of like their PLC. I try not to in the administrators, I want to keep confidentiality, but I just like to tell them like, hey, you know, this team, this person, they're doing awesome. <laughs> the random act of kindness, right? It fills your bucket just as much as it does the person you did it for. It absolutely does. I think of when I think of self-care too, I think of some of just the physical things we mentioned sleep earlier, but 
maybe I shouldn't have my pizza rolls every day for supper. (laughs) (laughs) Although they're delicious little pillows of heaven, but uh, (laughs) uh, you know, eating better, exercising, getting sleep, just those physical things. Cause when I'm worn down physically, it's like the world is a blur and it's hard for me to really give my all during the time when I should be, you know, and, um, that that's another way that I think I need to do some self-care. Sorry to interrupt, Paul, but it makes me think two teachers when we're in the building, for some reason we think when we enter that education building, we can't leave it. Yeah. But d- during your breaks and your lunch, just step outside the building <laughs> and take some fresh air and go back in. Although in Minnesota right now, that's pretty cold. <laughs> you would die. <laughs> you wouldn't die. No, you would not die, Rena. But I think I would die. I mean, ugh. you wouldn't even get frostbite for like my insides would freeze. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> well, you know what time it is? It's time for that one thing. One thing. So as we think back on our conversation about self-care, what's your big takeaway? Um, I'm going to take Rena's thing about just filling other people's buckets. Um, I, I like that one. I think it's powerful and it feels good. And you never know what that one thing means to the person you did it for. They could have needed it right at that moment. So I'm going to take it. With my own kids and husband and we kind of sometimes, I feel like, spiral a little. We've been talking about this. I'm being vulnerable because sometimes, you know, after we've worked and kids, I'm like, eh, it's fine. You're on the screens and I'm too tired. But I think taking that intentional time as a family and whether it's it, doing some mindfulness activities. I know we do um, cards at the table called Table Topics. I don't know if it's a great can get them, but that way we can talk. But just cool. being intentional about practicing with family that I don't have to be alone in order to self-care is my big takeaway. Nice. I was thinking of something that Cherie said earlier. There's no recipe that's the same for everybody. We're all different. Um, What is self-care for one person might not be for another person. And for me, I talked about the physical thing, but really what kind of fills my bucket back up is when I take time for music. And if I don't take time to grab my guitar and play a little bit, I get kind of cranky. But when I play guitar... It's like it takes me away to some other place. It's like my Zen moment. And um, that's for me. And I think we all need to find what it is for us. You're making me sad because uh, with the pandemic, my community band was canceled. And I don't, I haven't picked up my saxophone in like 10 months. Sometimes you forget actually how much you need something until you do it again. So even if you kind of let something slide, you forget. And that actually kind of is my one thing. Actually, I'm going to make it two things. I was what? thinking about. Can you do that? So I'm going to cheat a little bit. Two things. Two things. <laughs> I was thinking about that reconnect to the why, um, which is so important. But as you were talking, I thought also reconnect to your joy. What is it? And reconnect to the why and the joy. Oh, I love that. Reconnect you got to some your snaps why. from Cherie there. You can't really hear it on the podcast. Maybe you can. <laughs> a lot of snaps. Uh, that's awesome. 
Uh, once again, we want to thank our special guest, Cherie Spencer, for joining us. All right. Yay! Thank you. No, we really appreciate your insights on the important topic of self-care. We also want to remind our listeners that today's episode is just part two in our six-part series focused on social-emotional learning in schools. Cherie will be back with us again next week for part three when we take a closer look at student mental health. We hope you'll be there to join us. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org where you can explore tech tips, grab-and-go lessons, templates, and videos that will help bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you, so let's continue the conversation. Join us for the first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Central for a live chat on Twitter where we will facilitate conversations related to remote, face-to-face, and blended learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers. We will discuss your responses on future podcasts. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do. You make a difference.